Welcome to A Better Way with Real Estate, a podcast series hosted by real estate investor, Brian O'Neill. During each episode, we'll give practical advice for individuals and families navigating the many hurdles in the home buying and selling process. There is a better way with real estate that supports the goals and needs of your family, and we're here to help. Listen along as we help families like yours, one home at a time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of A Better Way with Real Estate. I'm your host, Brian O'Neill, and today we have a very special guest. I'm super excited to talk to him today. Uh, We're going to be speaking with Ron Brooks, Jr., and uh, Ron is the managing director and founder of Full Circle REI. He has dedicated his life to connecting people to resources. Uh, originally born in Chicago, Illinois, uh, to Ron Sr. and Barbara Brooks, Ron grew up in Memphis, Tennessee in a loving household with two younger siblings. With sports as a passion, including basketball and football, Ron maximized his athletic talents throughout his childhood and into his college years. That is also when he became a banker and parlayed that into a 17-year banking career. Along this journey, Ron married his love, Kimberly, and they have three wonderful daughters, ages 11, 10, and 8. Concurrent to his banking career, in 2007, Ron began investing in real estate as a buy-and-hold investor, as well as wholesaling property with a network of property buyers nationwide. Ron embodies the company mission of good stewardship to the community by coaching and mentoring investors to serve as good fiduciaries while creating a long-lasting cash flow. Also to help current and aspiring investors, Ron hosts a weekly podcast that focuses on sharing best practices and inspiration. Author of Legacy Living, Ron participates on several local boards, volunteers in the Memphis area, Plus, he and his dad still hold the record in Lyle, Illinois, for the biggest Ferris wheel built out of straws. Amazing. A quote from Ron that I love, you are the best you that will ever exist. So operate as such every day. Ron, welcome to the show, my friend. Yo, listen, my friend, Brian, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny about uh, that time when I was a kid in Lyle with my dad, uh, who's a civil engineer by trade, and uh, we built that Ferris wheel straw, still amazing uh, kind of feat that, uh, and connection that he and I had. Uh, so definitely appreciate you sharing that. But great to be here, and I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. Yeah, I'd love to have you on the show. And, and we were just talking offline there that uh, when I first moved to Chicago many uh, years ago, almost 18 years ago, Lyle, Illinois was the first uh, city that I lived in. So uh, I'm going to have to maybe do some research on that uh, on that Ferris yeah. wheel. I'm sure it's yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that thing ended up, but hopefully it's somewhere. Maybe it's a yeah. museum up there. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, I, I just, again, I wanted to I wanted to really just go back uh, to your banking career uh, sure. and, and, and maybe give the listeners a little bit of uh, background on, on your 17 years in the, in the banking industry, because I know you were in several different roles from what I recall. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, Brian, I started in, in, while in college, um, you know, kind of after, you know, playing a little bit of basketball and doing some of that. Um, you know, kind of quick story. I went to the career advising uh, center. I was you know, looking for employment, you know, for the upcoming summer. And I saw a sign that said uh, tellers at uh, what then was Regions Bank, $13 an hour. 
And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, God, that must be what the big players make. Man, Thirteen dollars. You know, I had never made more than maybe you know seven fifty an hour or something like that. And so, yeah, yeah. yo, Brian, I'm thinking, man, that's what the big boy, the guys that drive the Mercedes, they make you know thirteen dollars an hour, man. You know, man, that's killing. That's like, man, they're starting you out like that, man. I'm gonna be great. And so I called a lady named Teresa Val, who's uh, we're, I'm still connected to and and that sort of thing. She was kind of running the, the, the retail operation at that time. And I said, Miss Val, I got a question for you. Um, is it true that you're paying tellers $13 an hour? And she laughed and <laughs> she said, who are you? And I said, you know, my name's Ron Brooks. I'm here at the University of Memphis. And I see a sign that says $13 an hour. And I'm interested in that. But I'm curious, as, you know, if you're really doing that or you know, what's the what's the catch? You know, and so we just kind of chuckled and laughed and, and she took a chance on the kid, Brian, um, you know, a college kid coming in. And I went through the management training program, uh, worked at different branches, kind of learned banking right from mm-hmm. you know, other mentors and that sort of thing in the industry. And, you know, this all predates, you know, the kind of the financial fallout of 2008. Right. So right. this is kind of the somewhat of the glory days of banking. Right. You, you've heard of the banking uh, bankers hours and that sort of thing. So this is kind of the glory days, a lot of money free flowing and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, of course, when when 08 happened, uh, you know, we saw Lehman Brothers, everything that took place and uh, you just saw just shifts at the bank. I mean, attitude shifted, policy shifted. I mean, there's just a lot of changeover. And, you know, and during different mergers and acquisitions as a young guy, uh, you know, Brian, I was able to participate in those, had a lot of energy around that. And, you know, one of the things that really helped my career was my my willingness to, you know, kind of really get involved, um, you know, really being customer focused and looking at projects from from the eyes of the customer, right, the end user you know, and what's the impact and, you know, talking with people, that sort of thing. And, and being able to then communicate that upstream within the bank became something that uh, was a good skill set of mine. And it, it, it bode well for me, quite frankly, Brian, through my career, you know, up through, you know, the C-suite uh, of the last institution I was with here in Memphis, where mm-hmm. uh, I led uh, essentially two thirds of the, you know, the bank's employees uh, through the retail channel uh, as the, you um, you know, executive VP of retail. Nice. And so, you know, I, I had a, a great run in banking. And then um, when that came to, you know, and then in 2018, I was at, you know, kind of a crossroads. And during that time, you started investing uh, in 07, which, you know, may not have been the best timing on, on your part. <laughs> Uh, but who yeah. knew, right? Uh, right. But you know, maybe maybe talk a little bit about how working in the banking industry prepared you uh, for for yeah. investing. I, I have to think that there was there was some 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 uh, lessons that you learned there. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, Brian, you know, when I started in 07, 07 was a big year for me. I, I was promoted at the bank. I went from the retail area to more of the business banking commercial area. Um, my, my wife, Kim, and I got married uh, that June. And and just before that, um, I had a buddy that we and we were working together in the business banking area. And he was already doing some investing. Uh, we had played uh, basketball together from from our youth days. And yeah, he's the one that introduced me to investing. And, and you're exactly right, Brian, that there were a lot of skill sets that um, paralleled each other from banking. One, that that customer focus, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It was something that really paralleled, you know, obviously understanding traditional bank financing, uh, you know, as, as someone who originated loans and, and things like that. Uh, that was a, a great skill set uh, advantage that I had going into uh, purchasing real estate. Uh, 
um, what I learned, of course, <laughs> you mentioned the timing of that uh, was, you know, obviously being able to to do, you know, deal analysis as the investor, not so much deal analysis as a banker. So deal analysis as a banker, you're looking at, you know, uh, you know debt to income, debt service ratios, things like that, cap rates, all those different things. Um from analyzing it from a lending perspective, but analyzing mm-hmm. it from an investor perspective is a little different. And of course, I learned that, <laughs> albeit a little bit the hard way, um, as uh, the the economy and, and kind of landscape environment you know, shifted. But you know, a lot of great parallels, though, Brian, um, in, in terms of that that banking skill set uh, as I started you know, becoming an investor. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that, and uh, you know, I, we'll talk a little bit about if you could maybe. Uh, take a deeper dive on the investing side because that's yeah. what you're that's what you're doing now in addition to some to some other things as well um, w- what's your lane really and and what do you focus on and who are the people that you're trying to help you keep mentioning customer service and you know uh, that's my mentality on a daily basis is you're looking for people to help yeah oh absolutely that the the focus and forefront of of the business you know for me from the very beginning Brian uh w- was helping people you know as someone that grew up in in the neighborhood and understands you know the you know, the authenticity of what people really face and the, the challenges that they face and as someone who had the opportunity and fortune of uh, being able to purchase my own home fairly early in my life mm-hmm. and going through that process and understanding that that can be a challenge and there's some barriers that exist. And so one of the things that, uh, you know, the lane that that I work in and my business partner and I work in with uh, Full Circle REI is, you know, tying in, finding, you know, great deal opportunities with opportunities with tenant buyers. And I got introduced to the smart real estate uh, team in 2018 as I was going through my banking transition. And that really kind of helped hone in you know, where I had been. Because keep in mind, coming from banking, right, I had this um, overt kind of understanding of traditional financing, conventional mortgages, all that type of thing. And getting introduced to you know, creative financing and a way to um, you know, not only one holistically create options for sellers, uh, in um, in their opportunities to be able to sell property, um, it's also to be able to uh, you know work with tenant buyers and to be able to help people transition uh, from tenant uh, to owner and doing that in in a way that connects them to resources. So whether it's uh, you know if whatever the barrier is, Brian, you know if it's credit, mm-hmm. if it's um, you know kind of monthly cash flow, uh, if it's you know obviously education. Uh, and being able to understand what ownership looks like. Those are things that we try to do. And so taking that fiduciary approach is something that came from my banking days. It comes from my natural personality of, of growing up in the, in the neighborhood and having a comfort and understanding of what people go through. And I, I love that, you know, we've been able, and I say we as my team, we've been able to intersect all that in, in terms of making that part of the, the soul of, of what we do. And so, you know, that lane, even though I started as a buy and hold investor, you know, as a landlord, and I continue to do that in some respects today, but um, primarily I go to market, uh, you know, looking for opportunities from a, a creative financing standpoint and, and really just presenting options, you know, to sellers is, is the big thing. And then concurrent with that is uh, being able to, you know, help people who, uh, you know, would love to be able to buy uh, a property and own their own home, 
Uh, however, they, you know, face certain barriers or certain challenges that, you know, we're able to help uh, essentially kind of move those some out the way uh, and then be able to, uh, you know, provide that opportunity. And then last thing I'll say, Brian, is, you know, also when, you know, creative financing isn't an option, you know, for us, or that's not the best, you know, solution for a, a seller, quite frankly, uh, we do have a network of other buyers who, um, our cash buyers who look to purchase. And so uh, that's commonly referred to as wholesaling, where we're able to uh, essentially uh, assign a contract to uh, an in-cash buyer. And so that cr creates a great option too for a seller. Um, again, just understanding their situation and uh, whatever pain points exist and, and how we can kind of, again, remove those barriers is uh, what we look to do. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's great. Wow. Great value to the listeners there on both sides as a seller and as a buyer or, or a first time home buyer or, or someone, uh, again, who maybe has owned a home before, but, you know, had some, some struggles in life. It happens, you know, and you just, you just need an opportunity. You keep talking about opportunity. And I just, I, I, I love what you said about the different options because look, I do very, something very similar to what, to what you're doing. And, yeah. you know, I'm not lost on the fact that, and neither are you, that, that most people are going to sell the conventional route or at least attempt to. Sure. Um, and it, it's not always, it's not an option for everyone. It doesn't always work out that the work out the way you planned, you know, right. hiring the That's agent, true. putting the sign in the yard, taking the pictures. And, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Right. And <laughs> creative financing or what we refer to as uh, terms or a lease purchase or seller financing uh, to make it a little bit more uh, clear to those who may not know what creative financing is, is another solution um, to, to not being able to sell conventionally. And same with, with wholesaling. I know Ron is connecting, connecting sellers with buyers, whether you're buying the house with your partner or you're connecting to someone else who, who's going to buy the home and ultimately you are allowing that homo that uh, seller to move on. Yeah, absolutely. And and something I'll add in with that is we're, we're you know very particular you know Brian with who we work with. Um, so even in, in a wholesale kind of scenario, right, where we're mm -hmm. connecting a, a seller essentially with a, a buyer that's within our network, um, we're we're very careful that um, we're we, we you know and I support gentrification. Okay, gentrification, you know, by the definition of improving an area uh, makes sense, right? And uh, gentrification is very good. Um, where often it gets confused with is colonization, right? Which is where, you know, people come in and displace um, the current uh, occupants and uh, that sort of thing. And so right. uh, that's something that I'm more against and our organization is, is against. And so we try to, you know, again, bridge that gap to where current residents can participate in, in gentrification actively and directly. And so that's what we look to do. So even in a wholesale scenario, um, specifically, Brian, we'll evaluate uh, that end buyer uh, to ensure what their intentions are uh, you know, with the property, understanding that again, you know, there's a, yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit offline about the, the capitalist piece. So, you know, we all have this capitalist hat, uh, and, uh, in business, obviously we want to, uh, maximize, uh, you know, return as much as possible and, and minimize risk. Um, but along with that is also balancing, uh, the intent and kind of the, that pure intention of, you know, anyone that we would work with. 
Yeah, I love that. That's that's really inspiring. Uh, you're giving opportunities to people within the same area, uh, yeah. moving from renting to to buying, and 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 that's really what it's all about. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then I it, I have a soft spot in my heart on on to providing uh, opportunities for for first time home buyers. And again, you kept you keep mentioning the education piece. I mean, it's it's amazing, and you know this coming from from banking. I think that there's a big uh, misinterpretation of the buyer market. It's small. Sure. It's small. Sure. If you, I think you would agree with that. Absolutely. Um, there's way more folks who cannot qualify for a bank loan today than there are who can. And I mean, it, the, the difference is staggering. Yeah. Uh, and if absolutely. you think about it logically, it makes total sense. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe the numbers and I, I'd have to, you know, we'd have to verify this. I think more than half of the people in the United States are renting versus buying. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's and that's because of the of the of, of the banking situation, not everyone's ready. And you're providing an opportunity for people who want to become a homeowner but they just maybe they haven't been taught, they don't know how, you know, they need help with their credit. You know, I had uh Nick on the show uh not too long ago and, and yeah. uh, Nick Prefontaine and he 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 said something that Great was guy. that was super valuable. Uh, cre all credit can be fixed. Yes. You just need time. So all the, everyone out there thinking, you know, my credit, your credit's bad now, like it can be repaired. And in a shorter amount of time, if you do the right things and you get educated. Absolutely. Um, Very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I love that piece. And, um, you know, the education is really, is really close to my heart, really what this show is all about. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. Um, just along that line of creative financing, I mean, give me an example or two, if you have, you know, of yeah. why a seller would would want to work with you on a creative financing uh, solution, whether it's a, a seller financing because they own the home free and clear, or you know, they have still have a loan, maybe they're doing a lease purchase. I mean, talk on talk on that if you could, please. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And, and of course, you know, you know, just letting the audience know, of course, I'm here in Memphis, Tennessee. And, you know, that's kind of the primary market, although I do work in some other markets as well. But, you know, to your question in terms of, of why, so why a seller would agree to do that. And, and you, you touched on it, you know, kind of a moment ago. It's very true. Most people, you know, their education around real estate is to go the conventional route that they need to call a, a realtor. They need to be able to, to list the property and, and that sort of thing. Um, when it where it gets to where we provide people like yourself and me and, and many others is when when that's not an option, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so specifically when you know a seller you know would agree to or, or at least entertain the the option of, of selling non-traditional, is typically they've got you know a situation that is fairly unique to them. Um, they've had, you know, some type of impact, some type of life impact, mm -hmm. of course, right? That, um, you know, whether it's a job loss, a reduction of hours, a, a divorce, um, you know, some sort of illness, um, a property that they've inherited. Um, we're running into that some where, you know, people are inheriting property that they didn't plan to. Yeah. And so that creates a, an option. Um, when you get into some of the specific options around owner financing and subject to, um, typically with an owner financing, uh, what I'm seeing, and of course I live, you know, here in the red state uh, in Tennessee, um, you know, people tend to have concerns about receiving that lump sum of cash, mm -hmm. and 
that may seem counterintuitive to some because, you know, for the majority of people, like, you know, Brian, they love to see that's what they love to keep receiving the conventional sense is sell the property, get this lump sum and then go do something else uh, with that cash. Uh, but we run into some people that have a concern about doing that. Um, sometimes it's centered around taxes or estate planning. Um, you know, sometimes they, they just see it as, you know, maybe more of a burden. Um, we were talking a little bit offline that a seller saw receiving that lump sum is more of a burden because now they had to, to, to avoid taxation. Uh, they got to get into things like a 1031 exchange, uh, you know, type scenario, which in his mind, he saw that as just more, you know, kind of just work and possibly a burden uh, on the back end. And so there's a few reasons like that that we run into to where, um, you know, our solution or our option becomes one of the better options for them. And you mentioned subject too. Um, where we're seeing that is, op, you know, it, quite frankly, situations where, you know, people kind of feel their backs against the wall, Brian, unfortunately, and life's ills um, can come amongst us in many different ways, right? And, you know, when people uh, run into situations where making the mortgage payment becomes a struggle and that becomes a pain point, um, being able to provide that relief, um, you know, contrary to an uh, alternative of, you know, essentially letting the property go or short selling it or, or foreclosure, um, being able to step in and provide options, um, again, for a homeowner to consider um, in terms of subject to which we can, you know, essentially purchase the property subject to the existing mortgage, you know, being in place. Uh, that does become a, an option for people. Again, what, what we look to do, and, and kind of like I know that you, you and your team do, is you know, we look to build rapport and really just understand you know, the situation, uh, empathize with the situation, and then you know, you know, lay out uh, you know, kind of a, a plan, you know, kind of soup the nuts of, of how we can help and, and work with them shoulder to shoulder. And you know, again, that, that's not always for everybody, right? Because again, we go back. Right. Um, yeah, you know, some people they're they're maybe their best route or the route that they prefer would be conventional, and so you know as you're in this kind of niche, right, with creative financing, what I'd share with the audience, if you're thinking about it, is yes, it can sound sexy to not have to deal with traditional financing, the credit and the the documentation and the tax returns and all that type of thing, but think of creative financing again just as another option. You have this array of options. Um, as uh, someone that's an investor. And again, depending on you know, the, the seller's needs, right? And depending on their situation, um, if you could slow down a little bit and just kind of lay out options for them. You know, it's, I kind of think of it like you go to a fine restaurant, right? You, you go, they have this menu, right? Yeah. And folks like you and I, we kind of, we have this menu, right? We, you know, uh, you know, most fine restaurants, you don't go there and the only thing on the menu is chicken, right? You know, you gotta, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'd be okay you know, with that. You know? yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I think some people are okay with that. Definitely. But, you know, when you provide this service and you're able to provide this array and you're able to, you know, uh, typically a good restaurant, they make recommendations, right? You know, right. they say, hey, it's good to pair the steak with this wine or, you know, with this side and, you know, things like that. And so that's what folks like you and I and others in real estate, you look to do with that creative financing is it's just another lanes, another option, you know, for people to consider that's tied to, um, you know, their specific individual situation and allowing them to make a choice, you know, you know, from that, that they believe at the end of the day works best for them. Yeah. 
Well, I could not have explained that any better myself. Uh, and I love the options piece. And, and, and again, I'm with you. Well, I'm never lost to the fact that most people are going to do what they've been, what they've been taught to do, sure. which is to go the conventional route. And, yeah. you know, there's all this talk of the hot market, you know, and houses are flying off the shelf and, you know, <laughs> why would they, why would they need to do something other than, you know, just hire a realtor and get 10 offers and they're $50,000 over asking price. Yeah. That story takes on a life of its own. And all of a sudden it's every house in, in, in the United States, nothing could be further from the truth. Right. Uh, you and I personally know that because we talk to people every day that have real problems that no market can solve. One of them you just described, which is, you know, hey, your house is worth what you owe or less. And it doesn't make any difference how hot the market is. Um, if, if, if you have to come to the closing table with a check, you're probably yeah. not going to sell your house. Right. So you may not even go the conventional route, but if you knew that there was an option, and this is just one, I mean, I asked you, why would somebody do this? And I always say, there's more reasons why you would than you wouldn't. Of course. You know, because, because some of these problems that, that you mentioned, these pain points, um, sure, everyone wants to sell conventional. I try to do the same thing with my house. I had, uh, you know, back in 2013, I had no idea you could do creative financing. <laughs> yeah. And if I did know, I would have walked away with a lot more money. So uh, it, it's important that you talked about the menu piece and that there are other alternatives. You need to be educated and understand that you don't have to do it this specific way. Uh, yeah. And there's so many different reasons. So I really, really appreciate you explaining that. Um, yeah. Moving to the buyer end. Sure. You know, I know we touched on it a little bit, but you know, maybe give, maybe give the audience uh, uh, not necessarily a, a, a profile, but some, maybe some commonalities in tenant buyers that, that you have helped and, and maybe some of the, some of the challenges that you've helped solve. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you know, there's a, a couple of different profiles there, Brian, that come into play. One is, and you touched on this a little bit too, which really rang a bell for me because you know, we do this a good bit, you know, people that um, have owned in the past, whether currently or at some point. And, you know, again, life's ills hit, um, uh, you know, a divorce, a bankruptcy, uh, a sickness, an illness, uh, you know, change in jobs. Change. You know, think about what this pandemic has brought uh, upon many people, right? Many of the uh, kind of unexpected changes, the impacts, the swiftness of the way that, you know, things can impact people. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they find themselves kind of, you know, in a situation where they're, they're renting a property, but they really have um, the, the capacity, as I, I believe all people do, um, to various extents, they have the capacity to, to purchase and to own their home. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as we talk about in the, the traditional kind of uh, financing piece, um, it can be sometimes very, uh, you know, very cookie cutter. Right. And you mentioned it earlier. Many people struggle to, to you know, be you know, approved for a mortgage because, you know, whether you're self-employed, if you haven't mm-hmm. been on your job long enough, if maybe you've changed industries, uh, it could be a credit situation. It could be a down payment situation. Um, so there's there's many reasons uh, why, you know, people you know, struggle. You know, I believe if you look at the some of the CDC statistics and they may have updated recently, but one of the last ones that I saw was somewhere around 80 percent of people in America don't qualify for that traditional conventional mortgage or even FHA. And so, you know, that's a, a huge population of people. Right. 
that are out there. Absolutely. And so we run into people from that end, you know, Brian, you know, the other end are people that, you know, they've never owned, you know, their property. They've been renters. Um, but as they maybe escalate in their career, um, you know, they're, you know, they start begin to earn more money. They begin to, you know, have maybe a little bit more of a nest egg or savings or that sort of thing. Um, we're seeing families start to come together and kind of bridge that a little bit more than, you know, maybe we saw in the past. And so those folks have an interest in at some point down the line owning. They may not be ready today, right? Um, but they they will be and have that desire as a goal in the future. And so we look to help them achieve that um, specifically through kind of our uh, you know lease option or lease purchase uh, you know program where they're able to put down a you know a minimal down payment. Um, they're able to rent as they would today, but there's uh, pieces of that rent. Uh, that's going towards uh, the purchase of that property. And, you know, keep in mind that 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 purchase price is agreed to on the front end. So from a planning and budgeting standpoint, you know, when people know and they have a goal to target and shoot for um, and they they engage in the behaviors every day, which that's what we help them do. We help, um, you know, to stay in touch with them, to educate them and again, connect them to the resources, Brian. Uh, where they're able to get to that point. And one of the great joys that that I have and, and the team has is when we get a call from a tenant buyer and they're excited because now they've got their approval letter, um, you know, yeah. from, you know, whoever's going to do their financing and and they're ready to, to purchase. Now, of course, you know, from our standpoint as an investor, that's music to our ears as well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, from, sure. from that standpoint. But the big piece of it is, you know, when I get to go back and, you know, see, you know, who was a former tenant who now has purchased a property yeah. uh, uh, from us and we're able to go and kind of rinse and repeat that. Um, so many people talk about that burst strategy, right, where they buy and they mm-hmm. uh, rehab and they rent and then they refinance and repeat. Right. This is kind of our version of kind of doing that process. Um, That's right. But we do that kind of in that fiduciary space of the refinance piece It's not refinance for us to go buy another property, per se. It's for us to provide that uh, property to someone who now in the neighborhood owns it. And then we're able to go from there and purchase another one and help other people. So, yeah, helping. I mean, and, and you've in that particular scenario, you've helped two families because you helped the seller. And then you also helped uh, a family on the buyer side. And, you know, I tell this story a lot because I was never prepared for, uh, you know, I bought, I purchased and bought three homes in my life. And I joke yeah. about this, but it's not, it's really not funny, but I've never gotten emotional about any of them. You know, yeah. I got emotional about the last one when I saw how much money was coming to me at the end. Yeah. Uh, but I'm talking <laughs> about like, you know, feeling like you've really accomplished something in, Absolutely. in your life, you know, and you, you take it for granted. I mean, you might feel the same way too, being in the bank industry and buying a house when you were younger, but a lot of people never even think it's a, it's a possibility. And then they Very see true. this opportunity with, you know, lease own or rent on whatever you want to refer to it as. And I mean, I've had people hug me. I've had people crying when I'm handing them the keys. I mean, it's just, you know, you, 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 you can see what it means to them and their family. Uh, and it's something that is, I was, I was never expecting it's super powerful and it really just keeps me, it drives me to keep going because I know there's so many more folks out there who need that and who, who yeah. will, who will take advantage of that opportunity Absolutely. Uh, and put their best foot forward. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I know yeah. you probably have many stories like that. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and I also I want to paint the picture too, you know, Brian, that it's, and you know, this, it, it can be a challenge as well. Um, you know, sometimes helping people, you know, everyone doesn't always have the, 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 the mindset uh, to recognize and be able to accept the help. Yeah. Um, you know, and that sort of thing. But I, I think, you know, like you mentioned, you know, you're, you're driven um, by the, by the positivity. Right. And if you can bring that and exude that uh, mm-hmm. with every situation, um, even if it's not always, you know, the best or the best end result, uh, sometimes because of, you know, people's um, you know, behavior and their choices and and things like that, you still want to be able to exude that love um, and that support. And again, that, that's a big piece of, of our organization. And so, you know, just for your listeners, um, it does require work, right? Um, you know, we have to say that life rewards action. And so uh, you definitely want to be able to take action, you know, with, with something in this space, like with anything. And, you know, celebrate the wins, the successes. And, and Brian, like you said, you know, when you know, you're able to, you know, hand those keys over to, to someone and, you know, we all know that personally, uh, what that means to, to be able to accomplish that and, and own your own property. You'll think about that. You know, it's, it's one of the biggest transactions you'll do in your life. Um, and there, there are many people who only do it once or twice, right? No if at all in their life. Yep. And so um, for me, coming from the neighborhood and my grandmother, um, who since has passed away and, you know, she used to, you know, work janitorial. She used to clean in, in a bank where, you know, this is, uh, you, know, you know, South Carolina um, during civil rights. And so, as you could imagine, uh, she wasn't treated the best and, and, and that oh. sort of thing, um, un- unfortunately. So this has all been, you know, a, a dream from, a, you know, a, a woman in, in South Carolina, outside of Columbia, South Carolina, um, that I'm living. And she was able to see me go through the, you know, my banking career and, and that sort of thing. And so it just meant a lot for me and a, a lot for, uh, for my family. That's great. I love that. Um, Ron, before we wrap up here, I want to ask you about your book, uh, yeah. Legacy Living. Yeah. So absolutely. maybe you could just talk a little bit about, you know, what, 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 it, what, what that is, you know, what is Legacy Living? What does it mean to you? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I appreciate that, Brian. I wrote that book back in 2015. Um, mm. This was at a time when you know, I'm, I'm a you know, young father. Uh, my youngest daughter at that time was about two, three years old. And, you know, I had this idea, while, even while I was on vacation, um, that you know, I want to write some, a book of, from the perspective of a young father with, with children, with a wife, and, you know, what, what that means in terms of uh, how, how life can, can progress. And at the end of the day, you know, what impact do you have? Um, you know, when I played sports and I played ball, you know, that sort of thing, you always, you know, had this mindset of, you know, what, what impact do you have? Right. And, you know, we've talked about this through this episode of the impact you can have on people, but, you know, how does that impact last even when we're no longer here, you know, physically. And so the book speaks to that from, you know, just the, you know, the, the, the ups and downs, of course, of, as we know, of being, you know, husbands and being fathers and, and things like that, being business uh, people, that sort of thing. And so it's written from that perspective. And it's something that I want to be able to leave, um, you know, quite frankly, for my daughters um, mm-hmm. to, to gain kind of an insight and perspective from their dad, um, even at some point in the future, just insight to my thinking at the time and, 
um, you know, the, the joy that I felt for, you know, being a dad, you know, keep in mind, you know, my, uh, my wife and I, we had, um, our three girls within the span of 33 months. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we expanded our family, uh, you know, Brian pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, now we're done. Of course. Yeah. We're done with all that, but, yeah. um, you know, so we expanded our family fairly quickly and, and, and that was just kind of my, uh, kind of, you know, memento to, to them. Uh, you know, to honor them, you know, my daughters and, and to share that perspective with, um, you know, with everyone else. And so uh, you could definitely uh, pick that up. It's on Amazon. It's, it's done very well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very proud of it, um, you know, particularly at the time that I wrote it. Yeah. Well, I definitely uh, will be picking it up. Can't wait to read it. Uh, looking forward to, to uh, sitting down with that one. Great stuff. Ron, is there, is there anything that uh, you wish I had asked you that you want to share with the audience, uh, you know, before we, before we wrap up here, if I didn't ask you? No, no, you know, Brian, I think, I think you touched on, you know, many things um, that we were able, you know, to get into. Um, you know, one thing I did want to add is, you know, of course, I'm a fellow podcaster uh, with you as well. So yeah. I'm always you know, love to support uh, our fellow podcasters as I'm the, the host of the, the Minding Your Business podcast. Um, where we we do many things, you know, very similar to yourself, Brian. Where we we talk to to people and get a chance to understand their story and kind of share their perspective and their insight and best practices. So we do that on the podcast. And you know, I, I think the big thing is, you know, there's so much noise, right? Um, mm. You know, Brian, with things going on, we got you know, listen, we've we've all been through quarantine, you know, through 2020. Um, you know, 2021 has been an extension of 2020 in some ex- respects. Uh, right. You know, the whole conversation around vaccination, and the whole conversation of the Delta variant, all these different things. And one of the things I want to share with your audience is, you know, continue to keep the faith and, and continue to go hard and, and connect with, you know, like-minded people, positive people. Um, and, and you could be successful um, as you take action in that. And, yeah, you know, I just wanted to you know kind of share that with people because there's there's so much misdirection, there's so much noise, and it's easy to um, you know kind of lose track and, and sometimes lose faith and in humanity and and things like that. But as Brian, you could probably attest to, we we talk to tremendous people on a daily basis, um, people with great hearts and you know people with great intentions, and you know I would just encourage people that um, at the end of the day, uh, no matter what happens. Um, you know, we all have control of how we react to things and, you know, just know that um, there, there are great people in the world, contrary to what you might see on social media and <laughs> some other things. You know, there are tremendous people in the world and, um, you know, just continue to lean on that. No for- doubt. Wow. That's super great advice. And uh, to, you know, put an exclamation point on that, I'll, I'll tell you a hundred percent for me, one of the biggest needle needle movers in my life has been blocking out the noise and yeah. aligning yourself with people who are positive and practicing gratitude and, and not listening to all that noise that you're talking about. It seems like a very uh, simple thing, but it's challenging for a lot of people to block that yeah, out. So, it is. Uh, but I'm glad you brought it up. Ron, how can, uh, how can the audience get in, get in touch with you? Yeah. You know, one of the easiest ways uh, to do so is to go to uh, champ10k.com. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's champ one uh, zero the letter k dot com. So champ ten k dot com. That's where you can connect with all of my uh, my links and uh, and connect with me. Reach out to me directly. Um, you can you know see episodes of the podcast, all kinds of different things. I've got some different resources out there. Um, you know that you know you, you may find uh, beneficial uh, in your walk and. 
uh, obviously continue to uh, connect uh, here with Brian uh, here on, on his great platform. So I just encourage everybody to kind of add that to your arsenal. I kind of think of it like, uh, you know, if you, you watch those old Batman movies or Batman cartoons, you know, yeah. he always has something as a utility belt for the situation, right? That's <laughs> so right. The more things you can add to your, to your utility belt, right? When you face a situation, um, you, you, you have, uh, resources that you can tap into. So I just encourage people to do that. Excellent. That's what you're all about, connecting people to resources. So, uh, Ron, again, appreciate your time today. It's always uh, great chatting with you and, uh, you know, great value today. I appreciate you uh, helping us educate the audience here today. All right. Yep. Absolutely. My friend, Brian, you listen for real, man. I, I appreciate this. Thank you. You got it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Better Way with Real Estate Podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you left us a rating and review so we can continue to help you and others navigate the many hurdles of the home buying and selling process. Visit bkwpropertysolutions.com to learn more. And remember, there is a better way with real estate.